This is Andrew Schultz. I'm the sales manager for CHS Ag Services. We're pleased to bring you this update from the Red River Farm Network. CHS Ag Services, providing solutions for your success. Friday Farm News on the Red River Farm Network. I'm Whitney Pittman along with Randy Conan and Tyler Donaldson. The December USDA supply and demand report is usually not a major market mover, being one of the quietest reports of the year. USDA held true to form, making only minor adjustments to the corn, soybean, and wheat ending stocks. USDA lowered corn ending stocks to 2.13 billion bushels, down from 2.16 in November. USDA made no changes to U.S. soybean ending stocks and cut wheat ending stocks by 25 million bushels. Walsh trading market analyst John Ware says as expected, USDA made only small changes. Uh, when we look at the ending stocks, not not very big numbers, only one uh, wheat getting lower uh, than trade estimate. Uh, everything else was kind of in the range with corns and beans. So. Um, I'll say this is a fair to Midland report and, uh, you know, slow and steady as far as going through towards year end. I don't think this changes too much from where we were the week to start off. And where says USDA says that there were no surprises in those numbers. <clears throat> really, we were looking for anything would be the cause of surprise would be any stocks and there's just not that much change. Uh, like you said, the only one and it's not even really significant, is uh, beans, the average uh, estimate is coming in uh, around 684. The metric tons, it came at 659. It's a little bit lower. Uh, I don't even think the market's really uh, running with the football on that one there. So, um, you know, it, it had a spike up, and it has given it back to below where we were ahead of the number. The most watched number in the December supply and demand report was Brazil's soybean production estimate. USDA cut in Brazil's soybean production by 2 million tons to 161 million, reflecting the hot and dry conditions in southern Mato Grosso and northeastern Brazil. Total Farm Marketing Senior Market Advisor Brian Doherty says following a quiet WASDE report, traders will continue to focus on South American weather. We're talking about big geography places, big geographical places in the world that, that have some room to sort of recover. So, and the USDA made, again, no changes. So last month there was a contingent that thought, boy, the USDA will make, make some changes. This month they did lower Brazilian crop about 2 million metric tons. The market was looking for more like 3 million. Uh, so there weren't, but when you talk about 160 million-ish metric ton, that's, that's not a big percentage change. Doherty says South America has more forgiveness in their growing season. We've had a lot of weather over the last 60 days, but it's at a time period where there's a little bit of forgiveness there. So if you're late on planting or it's too dry to plant or you have to replant, there has been some time for that to catch up. USDA raised global corn ending stocks by 200,000 metric tons to 315.2 million metric tons, mainly on larger production in Russia, Ukraine, the EU, and Egypt. Global soybean ending stocks are down 300,000 metric tons from November at 114.2 million, and global wheat ending stocks down 500,000 metric tons at 258.2 million metric tons, all within the range of trade expectations. National Weather Service-based warning coordination meteorologist Jim Kaiser says a winter storm system could vary greatly as it moves across North Dakota and into Minnesota. Got quite a quite a dynamic little system wrapping up around us overnight tonight. Uh, it's going to bring the snow that's occurring in the central western portion of uh, North Dakota towards the south and east as we move through the afternoon and into the evening into the overnight. Then kind of 
strengthens kind of right on top of us. Uh, we'll get the most snow in the Northern Valley uh, with this system. Looking like uh, most areas will see two to four. Some may see five, six, seven inches, depending on uh, if if the snow band kind of sets up and, and stays a few hours longer over one place than another. Travel could become difficult. The heaviest snow does look like it, it gets into the valley uh, late this afternoon or evening, and then snow tapers off around sunrise tomorrow morning as the snow band spreads to the east. Those winds, though, overnight and into tomorrow are going to be howling, reminding us that it is winter. 40 to 45, 50-mile-an-hour gusts with this snow uh, and into Saturday noon or so before it starts to let go and, and pull off to the east. Compaction can be found in every farm field. University of Minnesota Regional Extension Educator Jody DeJong-Hughes made that point this morning at the Soil Management Summit in Alexandria. Compaction can actually take out, if, if you have the right soil conditions, uh, up to 60% of your yield. And, you know, most of ours is probably a consistent 30%. Um, and, but it's tire tracks, so you don't always see it. Or if you go at a diagonal, you can't see it, you know, as the corn gets taller. And, and so it's, it's kind of like a hidden uh, problem out there. Wet soil is most prone to compaction. Mother Nature is in charge of that one, right? If we could wait a day or two to plant or to harvest, that would be awesome, but that doesn't always happen. But the two things farmers can control is their axle load and the PSI of their tires. And so the higher the PSI, the more intense the compaction is going to be, and it will be at the surface, and then it will get less as it goes down into the soil. And the axle load pushes that compaction deeper. So we can have compaction down to three to four feet. Minnesota State Senator Rob Kupek met with a group of farmers in Clay County yesterday to discuss issues farmers are facing in the area. Kupex's property taxes were of high concern for the group from the Clay County Farm Bureau Federation. The, you know, the taxes on farmland and what uh, farmers are having to pay, the fact that the value of that land is going up, uh, but, you know, what they're actually producing on that land is not going up. It's just those values going up. And so, you know, they're kind of getting hit hard on that uh, property tax side of that and what we can do as a state to help alleviate that. A bill to provide paid family and medical leave for workers was among concerns of farmers hiring seasonal help. Kupek says he intends to revisit the issue in the upcoming session. Oh, you know, one of the concerns is particularly those really short-time workers. For instance, when we do the sugar beet harvest, when you've got somebody who's just coming on, maybe working three or four weeks, paid family medical leave is not really designed for that type of worker. So should that worker and also that employer have to pay in on that payroll tax on paid family medical leave? It was something I tried to exclude last year, but because of the way state statutes are, I couldn't do it. But it's certainly something we're going to revisit this year. You're listening to the Red River Farm Network. Friday Farm News on the Red River Farm Network. American Crystal Sugar Company President Tom Astrup says, like industries across the country, finding labor has become a challenge. During the pandemic, we did great with labor, right? I mean, we were, we were one, of the, one of those businesses that were staying open and providing jobs, and we were doing great. 
but since then, I think much like the job market around the country, I mean, we, we struggle to, to fill jobs and uh, probably more so in our more rural locations. What are we doing about it? I mean, I think, I think first of all, we're just trying to make ourselves as attractive a place to, to work as we can, right? I mean, we always got to be watching the, the wages and the benefits that we're providing, but training, you know, investing in people, providing them training, giving them opportunities to, to grow and develop, make sure they see a future with the company. Right now, about 40% of what was a record crop has been processed. Without a turn to colder weather, there could be issues for beets left in the pile. So far, the beets are storing well. We have probes here and there in the piles where we monitor the temperatures. They're sitting at, you know, 35 degrees. They're resting well. You know, we fly over the piles occasionally with an infrared camera to try to pick up uh, indications of heat concentrating somewhere. We've just been consistently cool. But having said that, all of the beets that we're going to process in March, April, and May, they're going to need to be frozen or they're not going to be around to process. And so we are going to need, tell me in the next three weeks, you know, we're going to need a turn to cold weather where we can start sub-freezing temperatures 24 hours a day for an extended period of time so we can start freezing those beets. Global events such as the wars in the Middle East and Ukraine continue to make headlines. CHS Executive Vice President of Energy Darren Hunoff says that keeps the market nervous. Although I might, I might offer uh, not, not quite as much as it did at one point in time, and that's because there's, a, there's plenty of oil around in the world. It's just a matter of, of where it comes from, uh, how OPEC decides in, in, with their supplies. And, and here in the U.S., we continue to produce a lot of our own oil, and I think that has, has reduced the volatility maybe a bit, uh, but it's still there. There is a convergence of energy and agriculture with the expansion of renewable diesel fuel. That demand today is being driven primarily by the West Coast states because of state policy. We look for those policies to continue to grow and make their way to Midwest states. I don't, I don't have a timing on that, but, but I'll put it in the next few years. We'll see some Midwest states uh, develop some policy that would further incent the growth of that product, and that will be good for growers. Hunoff is part of the CHS annual meeting that wraps up today in Minneapolis. The harvest provided a pleasant surprise for Wimbledon, North Dakota farmer Joe Erickson. The one concern going into 2024 is weed pressure. Progress is being made in dealing with weed resistance. We were really pleasantly surprised with our fields this year. They were nice and clean, and we, we, we did actually, we did the enlist traits, we did the extend flex, we did extend, and they were all, all really clean fields. So we were happy with all of them, and of course, we just keep, keep working at it. We're big, big believers in pre-emerge. We never used to do that, but about, I don't know, six, seven years ago, we started doing that, and that is re we've really seen a big difference with that helping us. So I'm a big believer in pre-emerge herbicide to, to keep weed control. Applying a pre-emerge herbicide can be a challenge. It is. I mean, you got to be pretty, especially late springs, it gets warm quick. The crop gets out of the crop, out of the ground really, really fast. So, yeah, it's, it's, a, it's a trick. So you, you can definitely tell the fields you don't get it on and the fields you do get it on. It's a lot, lot more work with the fields you don't get it on. So we try our hardest. U.S. wheat export sales have been improving, however. The wheat market has not seen much of a response. RCM Ag Services market analyst Steve Wagner is not expecting much market movement. I don't see where there's going to be a lot of changes in wheat. Uh, the, the supply is solid. There's plenty of it out there. And, and yes, it's nice to see China taking uh, more of our wheat, but Russia still owns the wheat market and 
I think that has that reality hasn't changed. Ohio farmer Steve Reinhardt is the new chair of the United Soybean Board. Two of the region's farmers have been elected to the USB Executive Committee, Matt Gast of Valley City, North Dakota, and Lawrence Sukalski of Fairmont, Minnesota. Get the latest news and weather updates anytime by listening to the Red River Farm Network podcasts. Listen at rrfn.com and most anywhere you get your podcasts. You're listening to the Red River Farm Network. Welcome to Inside Agriculture on the Red River Farm Network. Let's catch up with Ag Week reporter Michael Johnson. Michael, what do you have for us on the cover of Ag Week? Hey, Randy. Uh, this week, the cover looks at the community of Frazee, Minnesota, which uh, people might know them east of the Red River Valley, known for the world's largest turkey. But uh, this story this week, it looks at mental health concerns that uh, a lot of rural communities are dealing with. and. Crazy. They took a community health needs assessment and it showed that they're, they were worse than their neighbors back in 2019. And, um, they were hearing that their youth were not feeling wanted. They were pretty hopeless. They had over 50% that uh, were depressed. And uh, so this story looks into what they did once they saw those numbers to try to turn things around. And they pretty much immediately formed some groups, some listening sessions to start diving into, okay, what do we need to do to change that? One of the big things they did was they got a big building that they turned into a youth center where the youth can now go to after school or during uh, summer they can go all day long. It's a place for them to gather and uh, feel uh, like they're wanted and they have a, a good ownership in the community. The assessment mostly focused on the youth? Uh, so it also takes a look at the entire community, and adults also felt that there wasn't many places for them to gather other than uh, the bar or the church. And so it's looking at uh, that youth center is also the upper portion is a community center that they are finishing building. Sounds interesting, Michael. Looking forward to reading about it next week's Ag Week. Markets here before we leave you. Minneapolis March wheat down eight at seven twenty nine and a quarter. May wheat nine and a half lower at seven thirty seven. Chicago down ten and three quarters at six thirty one and a half. Kansas City six and a half lower at six sixty one. Live cattle two dollars eighty two cents higher. You're listening to the Red River Farm Network.